What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Prime Sports Podcast. We're getting started with our 13th episode of the season. It's the playoffs, and it's finally started. Joining us is our co-host, Tony Sutton, Blake Elijah, Pete Rios, and we have a new guest who will also be uh, probably a regular member of the team here, and Alec Early. So we'd like to join him. And, you know, we're pretty excited here to talk about the playoffs. It's been a pretty long season. And obviously the Chiefs ended up with the first seed in the AFC, so they got the first round bye. And the Eagles finished off with the first seed in the NFC, and they got the first round bye on the NFC side. So that left us with our super wildcard weekend matchups. We had the Seahawks and the 49ers, the Chargers and the Jaguars, the Dolphins and the Bills, the Giants at the Vikings, the Ravens at the Bengals, and the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Uh, so let's get started with the Seahawks and the 49ers. It was the first game of the weekend, and Seattle obviously was the wild card team going against the number two seed 49ers. Um, Blake, what did you think about Brock Purdy's performance against a team that I think everybody had winning against the Seahawks? I don't think anybody really gave the Seahawks a chance here, and ultimately came out dominating 41-23. Man, I I loved Purdy performance. Uh I mean, I was a little worried in the beginning. He was a little shaky. Seemed like nerves were getting to him on the first couple possessions, but once he got settled down, he made it look easy. He made it look way too easy. He threw for what? 330 yards, three touchdowns again. It's just I don't, I don't know if it's the weapons. I don't know if it's Kyle Shanahan. I don't know what it is, but Brock Purdy is just making things seem so smooth. There was such an easy transition from Jimmy Garoppolo. If anything, it looks better than what they had with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I yeah. love what I saw from Purdy, and I'm hoping to see it for the rest of the season or the rest of the playoffs going into next season. Um I think he's just going to – he's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's thrown for multiple touchdowns in every single game he's ever played. And I don't think any team really in NFC stands a chance. Yeah, Tony, obviously you're someone who's not kind of praying for his downfall, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> you know, you, quite, you you haven't quite, you know, jumping on the hype train with Purdy. What did you make of that performance? Because – like Blake said at first, he, he did start a little shaky at first. He missed a couple of throws and it was kind of obvious. And everyone's like, oh, here we go. Like, is this going to be the game where he finally plays bad? But no, he turns it around and he plays a damn near perfect game for the rest of the game and dominated. How do you take that in? And does that change your view on Purdy at all? Uh, I mean, I'll be the first person to admit when I was wrong. I thought that Brock Purdy was going to struggle more uh, in these playoffs than uh, he has shown right now. He did have a shaky first half, and it was really more of a shaky second quarter. He did come out firing on that first drive. Uh, He looked really good for a couple of possessions in the first quarter. But in the second, the pass rush started to get to him. Um, But he adjusted to it, and he made the uh, adjustments that great quarterbacks make when they're faced with a pass rush, when they're faced with a a scheme that they haven't experienced yet before in a playoff situation. And um, he he looked great. Um, I think that the 49ers have found their quarterback. 
Um, I think that that game really proved that he's the real deal. And I doubted a lot of people doubted and I'll eat my words right now, but uh, it was really entertaining to watch him. And uh, you know, I I was thoroughly impressed with how he played. Uh, We'll see how he plays against um, uh, a higher seeded team here. You know, he is still a rookie you know, winning multiple playoff games for him is going to be an excellent start to anyone's career. Um, but I also wouldn't be too upset with him here if he lost some time here in the next couple of games. But we'll see. He's got a tough matchup ahead with the um, uh, Cowboys. They definitely like to bring a lot of pressure. We'll see how he responds to that. But he looked really good under pressure against the Seahawks um, uh, in the second half there. A round of applause for you, Tony. A humble man right there. Humble. It, 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 it takes a lot to admit you're wrong. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll give that to you. Alec, let me ask you this. The 49ers I've obviously just had an enormous amount of weapons. McCaffrey had 15 carries for 119 yards rushing, I believe. And then, obviously, Debo Samuel looked explosive on his plays. Brandon Ayuk obviously is a big play threat. Is there any way to stop this offense from what you saw? Or if you're the Cowboys, how would you approach you know, this 49ers I really, offense? I, uh, I really do believe the Niners do look good. Uh, I am honestly going to have to say I like want to pump the brakes on the Brock Purdy train. Um I'm going to need to see some consistency against some good defense. They're going to see one of the top defenses in the league this week, and I want to see how he can perform for four quarters there. Uh, as far as the weapons go, like he had mentioned, the weapons are, I mean, name them, McCaffrey, uh, Debo, you got uh, Ayuk, you have Kittle. I mean, you have a number of weapons, and Kyle Shanahan's scheme, that offensive scheme that they run, uh, it's really impressive, quite honestly, that they're able to just plug in uh quarterback. You know, they're down to their third-string guy, uh, and they do perform. Um I'm not saying uh, taking anything away from Purdy and his performance uh, over the weekend, but I definitely think uh, Tony had said he was the real deal. Uh, I mean, Nick Foles had a run a few years ago and won a Super Bowl. Is he the real deal? I don't think so. So I want to I want to pump brakes just a little bit. I think the Cowboys might give him a little bit of trouble on on the pat uh, with that pass rush that you had mentioned. Yeah, no, I like it. That we need we need somebody that's able to you know. Give a good take like that and stay strong with it. We'll we'll dive deeper into the preview, obviously, when we get to that on the next segment. But, Pete, let me ask you this. Uh, DK Metcalf did have 10 catches for over 100 yards. He obviously found some success in the passing game. And Geno Smith was able to find him pretty often. Do you see that as a way that your Cowboys can exploit that with CeeDee Lamb possibly, or what do you take away from that game? I mean, you got to only look at the first half because, I mean, that second half, bro, they got they got dominated. I mean, I don't know if it's the adjustments that they made or they just came out there realizing, like, hey, we win or we go home, and obviously they're the better team, the better roster. Um, but you know what? I mean – I don't think uh I don't think any of our receivers are gonna do what uh, DK did. I mean, DK's a a whole different type of threat than CD. I think they're either gonna double CD or they're gonna have to double Dalton Schultz if we're gonna use him the same way we did this week. Um, we put him in the zones. 
We, I mean, he was he was run blocking. We we have to use Dak though. I mean, you don't you don't use Dak's running ability, bro. You're not CD's not gonna have the type of game that you was, you would expect. I mean, out of 32 teams, I think we ranked 30th, 30th or 31st in wide receiver separation. So regardless of the fucking year that CD is having, he still can't make the separation. None of them can. So I mean, he's yeah. gonna have to he's gonna have to do something different this week. I mean, I understand we just played a good game last week against a, a mid defense. I mean, I know it was a lot of players from that Super Bowl run, but I mean, they're just they just weren't the same bugs that we've seen two years ago. So I mean, I, I think it's gonna be hard to emulate what what DK did, bro. I mean, DK is just different. I mean, that Gino and that DK connection. I mean, I, I think they could do that against anybody. Yeah, and now that. Unless it's a busted play. I mean, DK had had a busted play where he was wide open. Um, same thing with CD this week. We just we gotta we gotta use the motion. We gotta have Schultz. We gotta have Pollard. We gotta have everybody out there moving around and get CD open. It's, it's gonna be hard against that Niners defense, bro. Yeah, I mean the 49ers did what I think everybody wanted them to do, which was come out and dominate and prove that they were this you know, forced to be reckoned with that everybody's, you know, makes them up to be. But it's, it's not going to be easy for you guys, but you guys do have Michael Parsons on the defensive side. You do have Trayvon Diggs. You do have your weapons on offense with Tony Pollard and Zeke. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out. Yeah, that's we'll, a, that's we'll a, dive, a we'll classic rivalry. But the Saturday night game, this was yeah, buddy. probably the best game of the weekend. This was a game that a lot of us didn't quite know who to pick. The Chargers and the Jaguars, obviously. <laughs> the Jaguars won their division, so the Chargers <laughs> were the wild card team. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I chose the Jaguars too, but this was a game that a lot of people thought, you know, was gonna be a shootout. It, the, this game ended up being a really close game and a high-scoring game, but it, it didn't happen in the way that everybody thought it would. And everybody thought Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert were going to trade touchdowns back and forth, and that's just not how it was. The Chargers come out to a dominant, dominant 27 to nothing lead, and it looks like the Jaguars are, are done for. And I think everyone kind of held their breath a little bit because they just know how crazy of a season it's been. But nobody actually thought that the Jaguars were going to be able to come back and whatever. Like, oh, you did. did. You did. You did. <laughs> but that's what they do. They just, second half, they just slowly start to creep, you know, creep up, you know, drive by drive until they go, they score a touchdown. They go for two to go. Uh, to go down two points. Uh, Chargers aren't able to move the ball at all, and Jacksonville kicks a field goal to win the game. Tony, being a, a Charger fan as well, uh, what did you make of this game? Because there's a lot There's a lot you could, you could go on, coaching, offense, defense, but you guys had five turnovers. The first yeah. time in the NFL history <clears throat> that a team that had a plus five turnover differential and lost the game well um uh honestly i I really think it comes down to two maybe three main factors with the chargers here and i think it all has to do um with them obviously there's been 
questionable coaching with the LA Chargers here for some time now. Um, their offensive coordinator has since been fired already. Um, it looks like that that is one of the moves that needs to be made uh, with the coaching staff to maximize uh, this Chargers offense that does have, uh, you know, good offensive linemen, good weapons. They all haven't been able to stay healthy, and part of that has been due to coaching. Part of that is just the nature of the game. But one thing that I noticed this whole game is the Chargers were never actually able to get their running game going. Look past the two run, rushing touchdowns by Austin Eckler. He only averaged 2.7 yards per carry here. Uh, this whole Chargers offense wasn't able to muster up more than, I think, like 90 rushing yards cumulatively um, with the whole team. And when you're playing with the lead, you have to be able to run the ball, milk the clock, and get first downs. That is what, you know, the conventional wisdom says, is that you got to milk clock, get first downs, keep scoring the ball, be able to run. And for some reason, uh, they only ran 23 um, rushing plays, and Justin Herbert threw the ball <laughs> 43 times. That says a whole lot. Now, Justin Herbert didn't necessarily play his worst game. He didn't necessarily play his best game, but he looked extremely cautious and passive for a majority of this game. He wasn't really necessarily taking as many shots down the field. He wasn't improvising as much as he normally does. I'm not sure if that's due to injury, due to coaching and the offensive scheme and what they're asking him to do, if it's something else going on with Justin Herbert. But he looked extremely pedestrian in this game. And the other quarterback across, you know, on the other team was letting it out. He, he was letting them fly. He threw four interceptions. Well, he threw four touchdowns on top of that. Um, yeah. And I like when a quarterback is able to make mistakes and keep throwing the ball. Justin Herbert looked like he was scared to make a mistake. And you're not going to win a playoff game scared to make mistakes you got to go out there and continue to um, move the ball downfield to get positive yardage. And the, the Chargers offense just wasn't able to do that. Um, they've made big plays on defense. They really should have won this game by more. They kicked too many field goals, I feel like. And ultimately, I think this team needs um, uh, an identity check. They need to figure out what they are on offense and what their team's going to be looking like moving forward. Justin Herbert, I still think, is a you know generational talent. I, I think he's a, a top 10, top 5 quarterback in this league. Uh, but something needs to change from this season to next if this team is going to be taken seriously in the playoffs. I think it starts with coaching, but they, they really need to figure out what their identity on offense is because they can't run it. They're not really throwing it down the field and – that's how they ended up blowing this lead because the Jags offense is, is who they are. They've been this good for the second half of the season, extremely dangerous. I'm not surprised that they got back into this game. I'm surprised that the Chargers managed to do absolutely nothing the second half with the lead that they were given and with the talent they have on that roster. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously it was a disappointing loss, something that nobody expected expected it to happen. I mean, Derwin James said he, he's been playing football, what do you say, 22 years, 21 years, and mm -hmm. and he had never experienced anything like that. So it was highly disappointing. Blake, obviously, 
you've been a huge supporter of the Jags this entire time. You've been calling it this whole time that they, they could have made the comeback. What do they do right in this game? And what do they need to do? Well, what did they do right in this game? Because we can save the preview for, for, the, for the game against the Chiefs. They just slowed it down. They slowed it down for Trevor Lawrence. He, he was rattled. He was definitely rattled in that first half. And the team slowed it down, got the run game going, got him a little couple easy throws to start warming him up, and then they let him loose in that second half. I love who I saw from Trevor Lawrence. I still think he's arguably a top-five quarterback, even with that really shitty first half that he had. Um, I just – right, oh, 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 my God. <laughs> who? Hey, he got mad that I said Joe Burrow was the second best quarterback. Oh, no. No, 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 no. He's top seven. He's top seven. So you, who, who, you have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, <laughs> Joe, Burrow. Jay, Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Easy. Number easy. And then from there, Justin Herbert. And who else? Herbert. Le- Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Jack Prescott's I mean, better than him. Oh, fuck no. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you're talking Pete, Pete's you're language just, right now. Hey, no, hey, you just gave Pete a hard hey, on. Hey, how about, how about you check that QBR from this week, baby? And oh my god, this. <laughs> be, be unbiased in this right now and say that unbiased, Dak, unbiased that Dak Prescott is is better than Trevor. Lawrence. Man, you know I got love hate with Dak, and right now I love that motherfucker, so I'm taking Dak. Oh my god, y'all, <laughs> bro. No, no fucking okay, way. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, day over that. So I okay, and that's why I said argue. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's not healthy, so I, I, I mean, I, you got to include him. So I right. put Lamar Jackson right. at six. Based on Trevor this year, Lawrence you take you taking Trevor Lawrence, you taking Daniel Jones. Based on just this year only, oh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. What, what kind of question was that, bro? I think that's a good. I think that's a good argument. You see how Daniel Jones played yesterday? Uh, hey, Saturday? Daniel Jones killed it. Yeah, but- Sunday, whenever he played this weekend, hey, he he killed it. But nah, now you, okay, suited up with the Giants uniform and killed the Vikings defense. He's <laughs> a loser. He's always been a loser, and he'll never ever be a winner. personally, I don't like. I don't. I don't like Daniel Jones. With a pack of beer, no, not really. A couple joints. And throwing those touchdowns, I, I love. I do. I will say, as a Cowboys fan, I do love the fact he's good this year because they're going to resign him now. Oh, Daniel Jones is definitely going to resign. I'll, I'll take that. That's you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll play. All I'll right, play we got, we got, we got years. way off topic. Hey, that's here. fine. I love it. Either way, yeah, not... <laughs> I think ahead, Jacksonville Mike. Jaguars. Are gonna give the Kansas City Chiefs a good run for the money. I'm not gonna go into too much detail. I think Kansas City Chiefs are gonna be definitely surprised with what the Jacksonville Jaguars can do on offense with their defense still being I think it's still a middle of the pack defense, but it's towards the top of that middle pack. They can pass yeah. rush, they got a good secondary, they got some tacklers at linebacker. They're just an overall solid team. I mean, remember, what was it, 2017 when they ran and gave the Patriots a run for their money in the playoffs with Blake Bortles? It's like, why not Trevor Lawrence? 
That yeah. defense was something else, though, that year. Oh, that's true. That, that defense is something else. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't, come on, Trevor Lawrence. Over. Yeah, All I'm gonna say is you can't say that uh, that Herbert hasn't doesn't hasn't made the playoffs. I'm I'm happy that he got to the playoffs. Nah, I will say this about Herbert before we move on to the Dolphins and Bills game is obviously I think it was a huge coaching failure coming from you know someone who's given up a team whose team has given up four double digit leads this season, but Justin Herbert had to play. We really expected it, it wasn't even coaching. We said the Chargers with a lead in the playoffs, and we weren't expecting them to choke. This is just no, the name. Yeah. I mean, they may be LA Chargers, but Chargers in the playoffs, they're not gonna. They just never succeed. They're never gonna do it. But what, what I will say is, I, Herbert needed to play better in that second half. He now, did, granted, did. granted, he had no running game, which that needs to be solved. And he didn't have Mike Williams. Thank you, Brandon Staley. And, you know, mm-hmm. Herbert's been dealing with injuries. So, you know, it's a lot of factors that O-line still I will say there, but he their did. left tackle got hurt halfway through that game. And I think that mattered a lot more than people understood. Because Slater's still out. And I think Staler has been the guy that's been playing left tackle for them. They drafted him to be a guard. He came in. He was playing really good. On the blind side, yeah. the instant he was out for that game, I feel like uh, Josh Allen was in Herbert's grill, like every single drive, like just getting pressure there, hitting him. And that's been proven to be the way to beat Herbert is to bring pressure because the more he gets hit, the more the CTE gets kicking in a little bit and the more picks he ends <laughs> up throwing. You can just see it. He gets dazed out there. He gets fucking rocked. Yeah, he does. I mean, if I'm a Chargers yeah. fan, I want Brandon Staley fired immediately. Like, I would be so I, pissed, yeah. honestly. I don't think he's going anywhere, but he no, should. I don't think he is either. I heard, uh, I heard, yeah, I heard that he wasn't, so. They don't want yeah, a Kingsbury I don't, I don't situation. They, I don't think they came out and said it, but, I mean, it, it's looking pretty uh, convincing that he's coming back for at least next year. He's coming yeah. back. Yeah. But they don't want to that pay him to be us. in Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to the Dolphins and the Bills. And this was a game that everybody thought was going to be the blowout. This was going to be the one game that was not going to be close. Tua was ruled out earlier in the week, so it was confirmed he wasn't playing. Skylar Thompson gets the start. And the Dolphins just haven't really been able to move the ball like that with Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater for that matter. And the Bills obviously have been playing good. They've had a lot of shit happen to them this year and they're riding this emotional wave into the playoffs. And I think a lot of people expected the kind of performance that the 49ers put out is what they wanted to see from the Bills. And that's not what we saw. We saw a 34 to 31 Buffalo win. Skylar Thompson played pretty good, but I think the big story here is Again, the Bills look beatable. And if you kind of ask that question, if Tua was playing, would the Dolphins have won this game? We don't know. But Josh Allen is obviously turning the ball over way too much. And against these better defenses in these later rounds of the playoffs, you kind of start to question, like, are the Bills really capable of winning the Super Bowl? 
Uh, Pete, how about you get us started? And then Alec, you can go ahead and follow him up. What did you think of this Buffalo and Miami game? Bro, like you said, bro, that everybody expected it to be a blowout. I mean, Skyler didn't do much. I think he, I think he did enough to win the game. You know, take him to a spot. Was, they had a lot of mistakes, though, man. I mean, maybe it was the fact that Skyler was that quarterback, or I don't know if it was fucking coaching, but that clock management in the second half alone. I mean, specifically the fourth quarter was fucking horrible. I know your quarterback might not be in the offense and be as comfortable as Tua is back there, but you do not need delay games at the end of the game like that. I mean, they ran it down. They probably could have had six or seven in the fourth quarter. They were barely beating it. Um, yeah. I'm not really worried about the Bills, though, bro. I mean, I know it was a close game against the Dolphins without Tua. I mean, I don't got much to say about it. The Bills are going to be all right. I mean, they're they're playing for a lot. I mean, I don't have them getting past the Chiefs, but playing for DeMar, I mean, being at home this week, playing against a good a good Bengals, a really good Bengals team, but their their offensive line is so hurt. Um, yeah. I think the Bills are going to come out there this week and show us that uh, they are who we expect they are. Like, they're going to they're gonna come out there and they're going to do their thing. I think they're going to win, not super convincingly, but they're going to win by at least 10. So uh, I'm not really worried about the Bills, bro. I mean, the Dolphins do got a good defense. I mean, I didn't expect the de- the defense. I I know the Bills put up a lot of points, but I didn't expect the defense to go out there and play the way they did. I I kind of thought the Dolphins were going to be kind of checked out, like sending out Skyler Skyler out there. Thought they were going to go out there and just play, you know, like oh I'm glad we yeah. made the playoffs. You know, this game's chalked up. We don't have a chance. Kind of like America fucking was was saying. So. uh I got nothing else to say really about the Bills, bro. They'll be all right. I don't think it's nothing to worry about. I mean, we weren't – nobody was really saying anything about the Niners' first half. I know they came out there and changed it up, but nobody was worried about the Niners in that game. Nobody's worried about how they're going to play this week because of the first half they had last week. So, I think we don't need to criticize the Bills too much for, I mean, barely beating the Dolphins. Yeah. Well, a- Alec, what did you see that <laughs> yeah, you liked from uh, the Bills or or that you didn't? Yeah, I mean, the Bills definitely uh, definitely kind of worry me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I did pick them to win the, uh, win the Super Bowl before the season started. Uh, I think a lot of people had them on their list or yeah. top three for sure of contenders. Um, Josh Allen, honestly, he's going to need to be better. I think he's going to need to be better this week against the Bengals. Uh, if he throws two interceptions again uh, and the offensive line allows him to get sacked seven times again, I think that the Bills could be in trouble, uh, even being at home. Uh, with that being said, I still do like the Bills in this matchup with, again, like what Pete said about, you know, playing for DeMar, uh, you know, that energy at that stadium, so on and so forth. Um, but, yeah, I mean, barely beating a, a Dolphins team that's down to their third-string quarterback um, who played terrible. I mean, I was te- checking out his stats. Yeah, um, he had <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was eighteen for forty-five with two hundred twenty yards, a touchdown, and two picks. And yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> Bills didn't impress me a ton. A win's a win, though. X's and O's. At the end of the day, uh, they are moving on to the next round. But I definitely think that they're going to need to tighten some things up. I do feel like the Bills have, at times this season, been a slightly inconsistent. 
uh, Josh Allen specifically. They had a great year, but Josh Allen specifically has kind of been, you know, inconsistent at times, making some questionable decisions. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see moving forward. Uh, should be a good one. Yeah, Blake. Um... I will say them, uh, them goddamn Dolphins receivers kind of – screwed that game bro i mean they had some crucial yes. fucking drops i'm not saying that it would have changed the outcome of the game but bro if they would have caught some of them passes it is possible it would have changed the outcome of the game because waddle dropped some huge passes i mean even tyreek hill dropped a couple you don't ever yeah. see that type of shit right you, i mean do you think, do you it, think it, it was it was skyler he was throwing it at their fucking feet you know <laughs> half the fucking time but do you guys think Tua actually makes a difference, Blake? Do you think Tua would have made a difference? Definitely. I definitely I'm think a, I'm a fucking Tua hater, bro. I fucking hate that, man. See, I'm not, I, I am do, not a fan. I'm I not do a fan think of he would I do think he would have made a difference in that game. Let me ask you, let me ask you guys. Tua or Herbert? Healthy. Herbert. Oh, I'm taking Herbert. Herbert. Herbert yeah. All day. I do think that there's a lot of people. I do think Well, they're oh, wrong. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you though. There is a lot of people that are hella high on Tua right now. I mean, pe- people were talking about Tua being an MVP and he was leading the Pro Bowl in like week, you know, six well, or eight, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, the first four four games of the season, and that's because he put up six touchdowns against Baltimore. So that was really the only reason. But I think Tua I, makes it, a difference, though. Definitely. Tua yeah, makes a difference. You could you it, could it, tell the way they play with that RPO style offense that Tua just fits that scheme very well. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, it would have ran a lot smoother if you have a healthy Tua. But I think they did the right thing by not playing them because, mm-hmm. I mean, third concussion in a season – that's exactly why Luke Keekly back in the day, like he retired early because he got three concussions in one season. It's like you're you're gonna your whole career is done if you get one more concussion in, in that such sort short span. So they did the right thing with that, but I don't know what anyone was thinking saying Sky was doing any sort of good. Dude threw less than fifty percent. Tim Tebow could have probably did way better than him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's, it was bad. It's uh, for sure. it, it, it definitely wasn't <laughs> a, good, a good performance. That eighteen for forty five is 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 pretty bad. Tebow would have only thrown it eighteen times. What do you mean? <laughs> hey, should would have been effective though. Okay, and I think that brings us to probably the biggest upset of the playoffs. (laughs) A lot of people probably had the Giants winning this game, but a lot of people definitely wanted the Vikings to win this game to just prove us wrong. Just, it's, you know, 13 wins. So we didn't have to go play the Niners this week. (laughs) So, you know, obviously you guys win 13 wins. You have 13 wins this season. You guys obviously just the negative point differential. It just hasn't looked very good. But you guys have managed to win these close games. Somehow you pull it out. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is a beast. Arguably the best receiver in the league right now. 
And the Giants come in with Daniel Jones, who's kind of this question mark. We're not really sure what we get out of Daniel Jones. We know that with Brian Dable, he's working. They're making it happen. Obviously, they're in the playoffs. Saquon Barkley, that receiving room is awful, but somehow they, they're making it work with defense and a good run game. And Daniel Jones has been playing well, especially as of late. And he comes in, and you guys let Daniel Jones look like prime Aaron Rodgers, throwing for 300 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, did you guys see that fake pass and handoff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Jones put on a show. And I personally wanted the Vikings to win, obviously. But, Tony, get us started. How how'd you feel about this game? And it, obviously, it's an upsetting loss, 31-24. But, Tony and Alec, give us your guys' uh, opinions here as the Vikings fans. Alec was at the game, so I feel like he should go first, bro. He saw Alec, that shit what, happen. What was live. the atmosphere like? Dude, listen, I don't even really like it. It's <laughs> tough. It's just tough. I'm... All right, all right. The atmosphere was great. Let me talk pregame. Uh, we got down there uh, about 10 o'clock. The streets were packed with Vikes fans. Uh, we were tailgating. Um, <laughs> it was a good time. Let's just say that. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we are down there. We got to the stadium at about 1.30. Uh, of course, uh, me being me, I told all these Giants fans around me that they were going to have a long flight home. Uh, of course, that fucking didn't happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was great atmosphere until about two minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was it was a good atmosphere, but yeah, I mean, it was it was really a tough loss. I got to tell you, I uh, I literally can't never seen a team play such fucking soft defense an entire game and not adjust, yeah. not make a single adjustment. At all, you like like you said, he looked like prime Rodgers, prime Vic, whatever the hell you want. He first quarterback in history for what three hundred yards, seventy rush yards. I mean, it's fucking laughable. We made a dude like Daniel Jones literally look like <laughs> Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> he had formed into a football player. Like it was laughable. Uh, that there was uh, every wide receiver was about four or five yards away from the corner. Um, we blitzed one time the entire game and guess what happened on that? Uh, we sacked Daniel Jones. I mean, literally, I just don't understand how, uh, you can be so stupid. I mean, in your play call, uh, and then in general, I mean, just let me get into Kirk Cousins. I mean, I'm not a Kirk Cousins hater. I really never have been. Uh, he's, he's bailed out. He bailed out our team on numerous occasions this season, the defense, I should say because they were a clown show the entire year. Um, but I can't even fathom the fact that this fucking loser threw the ball <laughs> three yards on fourth and eight when we needed a first down. Quite honestly, here's the deal. Like, let me tell you guys the story. I'm at the game watching it. Of course, I believe we're going to win because we've done it all year, and it's the Giants. I'm thinking they suck, right? They're not that good. And I mean, So literally, I'm watching this. Fourth and eight, and we turn it over on downs, and I'm sitting there, and my buddy's, like, tapping me on the shoulder. He's saying, hey, we got to go. Uh, they're kneeling it out. And I literally stood there in fucking disbelief. I literally couldn't move. I was like, did we literally just lose the fucking game to the Giants? Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Some questionable coaching. I, well 
The defense was awful. Um, good luck to the Giants, though. I mean, I uh, I don't dislike the Giants at all. So I I uh, good luck to them moving forward. I hate the Eagles, so I hope they just smack the piss out of them. <laughs> me too, let, let, let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this real quick, Alec. I'm about to fucking propose what? to you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He hates the Eagles. So that's music to his ears. Alec, let me ask you this. What's like, what's this talk like about Kirk Cousins, especially after something like that? Because obviously him throwing it up for Justin Jefferson against the Bills is kind of what everybody was expecting or wanting to see. And no, he does this stupid three-yard dump off that no one can understand why. So what? Well, what are the whispers or what are people saying after a play like that? And what, how do you guys Sorry. feel about Kirk Cousins? Well, I just, here's what I feel. I feel like he's just not a winner. I mean, he's just not a winner at the end of the day. He's not gonna, he's not gonna win a Super Bowl, And I think that's what a lot of the chatter is uh, through the fan base. He's not that guy at the end of the day. Um, you know, he's not a bad quarterback. He's probably uh, 10 through 15 right in there, right in the middle of the pack kind of quarterback, slight, you know, above average slightly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I heard Kevin O'Connell say in a post-game interview, you know, that they had asked him, it was Ben Lieber giving him an interview, he's uh, part of the Minnesota Vikings radio network, uh, asked him, you know, what was the, where was that place supposed to go on fourth and eight uh, where Kirk ended up throwing it uh, as a three-yard check down. Um, Kevin O'Connell kind of explained the play. And then he had mentioned, you know, yeah, we definitely don't want to throw the ball that short there. I got to do He Kevin O'Connell took the blame and says, this is what's crazy. Kevin O'Connell says, I need to do a better job of making sure he knows that you can't. So you're telling me right now that you need to fucking make sure that this $80 million quarterback knows to throw the ball more than three fucking yards. I mean, are you serious? Like, a peewee football knows not to throw that pass. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I And then Kirk Cousins in his post-game interview, what did he say? He said he's been doing it all season. Uh, he thought the guy could make a play. I don't know. He defended the move, and I just, I don't know. Frustrating, to say the least. Yeah, Tony, give us your, give us your opinion and tell us a little bit about Justin Jefferson. He obviously, once again, the last few games, he hasn't quite really – shown up the way people expected him to obviously he was on pace to break the record what do you attribute his performance to to defenses keening in on him now is it Kirk Cousins is it coaching how how do you feel his game impacted the overall result of that loss (laughs) well I think that teams are um being like, look, if we take away Justin Jefferson, the rest of the offense isn't going to be nearly as effective. Um, and you've seen in other games where teams have been able to take him away, the offense has suffered as a result. And now you bring in guys like TJ Hawkinson to help alleviate that. Um, but at the end of the day, Justin Jefferson is having, you know, he's getting followed, he's getting bracketed, he's having two, three guys on him. Uh, I think some of the play calling isn't necessarily helping him get wide open. You see a lot of other wide receivers get in motion, get in different you know positions, lined up in different parts of the offense. And they did that with 
Jefferson periodically throughout the season, but I feel like they haven't been able to scheme for him nearly as much as just being like, hey, beat the guy in front of you. And Justin Jefferson's so good, he can beat the guy in front of him, but I feel like he's not getting schemed open nearly as much as some of his contemporaries are. Uh, That being said, I also feel like there has been a bit of like a momentum shift with the Vikings offense as a whole since the Green Bay game. Um, And that was a game I would probably say it was Justin Jefferson's worst game all season. And the momentum, he just hasn't been able to pick it back up since that game. He wasn't that involved in the final season game against the Bears. Obviously, the starters got rested halfway through. Um, And, you know, Drabel's seen Jefferson once already this year, and I'm sure he put together a really good plan to take him away. That's what good coaches do, especially good defensive coaches do. So I think the the way to counter that is to to scheme him open, find creative ways to get him more involved um, in the offense because he's the best offensive playmaker on the team. But as far as, you know, late in the game where Jefferson would normally take over, I feel like that has a lot more to do with Kirk Cousins than anything because, yeah. you know, similar to another player we talked about earlier, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins looks like he's trying to avoid making a mistake on offense a lot of the time. Um, And I think Kirk Cousins is his best when he says, fuck it, JJ down there somewhere. And when we've seen him have that trust and when you've seen him be willing to take risks, that's the, the, the borderline top 10 Kirk that you get. And I, I swear the instant that his confidence gets shaken by for some reason or another, he goes into passive mode. It's like a switch in his brain just flips off and he goes back to checking, checking down to tight ends and running backs unnecessarily in situations where he doesn't have to. I'm not sure if that's something you can coach or fix or do anything about. I think that's just who Kirk Cousins is. He either has all the balls in the world to throw a ball downfield or he has none of the balls at all. And we saw that at the end of this game. Obviously, he was under pressure. During his presser, he said it didn't feel that bad to throw it and check it down three yards. (coughs) But that that just kind of shows you right into that's loser. Yeah, that sounds like I'm a fucking pussy. I'm a loser. That's what it (laughs) sounds like. It was definitely disappointing. Like I mentioned earlier, it was something that a lot of people wanted the Vikings to win because they wanted them to finally kind of like take that next step of it's not the same old Vikings getting to the playoffs and then just collapsing similar to the Chargers <coughs> as well. But Daniel Jones really did impress. The Giants really have looked really good, especially under Brian Dable, who I don't know, Blake, Pete, you guys tell me real quick before we move on to the Ravens and Bengals game. Do you think he should he should be considered the the coach of the year? Because I mean, the job that he's done with I mean, Daniel Jones was considered to be a bottom ten quarterback before the season started. Like you know, it was a given he was going to get. You know, he was gone pretty much. And look at him; he's in the playoffs, playing amazing. Obviously, it, it's not a strong uh, Vikings defense, but 
still to be able to put out that kind of a performance says something, especially about a head coach who had that much success with Josh Allen the previous year. Yeah, bro. When we did our midseason awards, you know, I, I considered Brian Dabble, Dable, Dabble, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I, I considered him because, but I mean, me being a Cowboys fan, I didn't want to believe the Giants were good. You know, I thought they were frauds. And they kind of showed that to us. They went on a, a, a bad streak after starting off hot. I mean, I don't know if you can give him coach of the year other than the reason that he made it to the divisional round. I mean, he was third place in his division. You know, he barely scraped into the playoffs. They went on a bad streak. They barely finished above 500. Um, now, what they've done in this week, what they did against the Vikings, and the fact they made it to the divisional round, I think that is rewarding because, I mean, we all expect the Giants to be bad. I mean, we've seen how Daniel Jones has played the first couple of years, and we didn't expect him to play anywhere near the level he's playing this this year. Saquon yeah. Barkley also had a resurgence. We expected Barkley to be to look washed up. Um, I think the only positive coming to this season that for the Giants, I mean, you were excited about Kenny Holiday. I mean, we see how that fucking turned out. <laughs> so, um, I mean, looking at the record and looking at the stats and where they finished in the division, you say no. But what he has done with his team from starting off hot, doing bad, making it to the divisional round, it's hard, bro. I mean, I don't know who else you really give it to right now. I mean, I can't think of many coaches. I mean, you can say Kevin O'Connell. I mean, but we've seen what just happened with that. You can say Doug Peterson with the Jags after being horrible last year and so where they're at this year in the divisional round. You could you could say Nick Sirianni. I mean, he led the Eagles to the number one seed in a dominant season, minus the last wow. couple of games with injuries. But I don't know. I, I'm a huge Brian fan, though. I mean, I like the way he's making the Giants play. Like like I said it before on here, he reminds me a lot of the way the, the Lions are playing for Dan Campbell. Um, they just go out there and they want to play for him. They love him. Yeah. They, they put their heart onto the field. Uh, now, if he <laughs> – I mean, I think it's a no-brainer if he can win this week. If he can beat the Eagles, I think it's a no-brainer. I got a question for y'all. Not the Vikings fans. Mm-hmm. I want them to tune in last. Um, you got the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, 11-0, and or this year's Minnesota Vikings. Which one was a bigger disappointment? Mm, dude, that's I think... hard. I'm going to have to – I think the I'm Vikings. Have the, I'm gonna have to say the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> I don't I think, think the Vikings I, were. I don't think the Vikings were so much of a of a disappointment because when you look at the point difference, you look at how many close games they did have. I think that's why I think a lot, of, a lot of say the Vikings. But I think they gave say. them I hope. Mean, the way it ended was a disappointment. But the Vikings, no one saw them winning 13 games. You can't exactly, say that and, that, and that's my point. The like, Steelers won 11 and oh, and then just shit the bed. Yeah, I mean. So I can't say the Vikings there. I'd say and, the Steelers. You know, the and that's why I said. And that's why I say the Steelers. Nobody expected general, this with the Vikings. We were, we were probably expected to win less than you know, be less than five hundred. I bet. So first year head coach winning thirteen games, it ain't bad. So I mean, and Tony said it. Tony said it all all year for the most part. I mean, he's like, look at the hate that the Vikings get. People kind of expected this, you know, at the end of the season. Yeah. They expected them to kind of just not win, you know, not win a playoff game. Obviously, Vikings fans and people that are fans of the players on the teams hope the best because they have squeaked out so many wins. They have come – they have showed up in crunch time when it mattered. But, I mean, you look at the point differential and stuff like that, like 
a lot of people expected it. And I just don't think you can say it's that disappointing of a season. I, I think Vikings fans were excited <clears throat> they won fucking 13 games. I mean, they didn't expect that coming into the fucking season. Yeah, they didn't expect Kirk to. They didn't expect Kirk to play the fuck the way he did. So he was top five in passing yards. I mean, o- overall, it was a good season. There's no denying that, and there's a lot to be proud of. And hopefully, they can work on that. Maybe they can restructure some contracts. Maybe make a couple trades, and hopefully, they can bolster that defense. And hopefully, that defense is able to help the offense out a lot more. That way, it doesn't seem like Kirk. Or anybody on the offense has to carry so much weight. That being and as said, Vikings I do fans, think... do, y'all, do y'all want to keep Dalvin Cook? That's a good question. Yeah, That's Dalvin Cook question. rushed for like twelve or thirteen hundred yards this year, and he played a full season uh, healthy, and he got a lot less carries than he has in years past. He was pretty productive. Yeah. Uh, I'd say keep Dalvin Cook for sure. Um, I know that he's only got you know two, maybe three years left in the tank before he's going to really start to slow down. Um, so we're definitely going to have to plan for that um, because we know Madison's more like, likely going to walk. He wants to start somewhere, but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. No, me and Tony, we talked about it, you know, uh, off of here, and we really only have one, maybe two more years with the core here before we're going to have to start rebuilding around some of the young, you know, the Jeffersons, the Hawkinsons, and yeah, and, and I, I really only asked that just because, like. I, I did watch all the games, but I don't got no I, don't, I got no skin in the game when I'm watching the Vikings. So like, I don't like really put in my input like, oh, they should do this, they should do that. But um, I just feel like they didn't use Dalvin the way they have in recent years. Maybe it's because of Justin Jefferson being out there. They got Hawkinson. Um, maybe they because Kirk was playing so good. But I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of somebody that can establish a run if it's working or if you have a, especially if you have somebody as athletic as Dalvin Cook like you got to use them in better ways I mean something we don't do with Tony Pollard you know something like the Saints used to do with fucking Alvin Kamara like get him the ball any way you can you know like you have these other threats on the field send them out somewhere open up the field and give it to Dalvin Cook because I mean look at him when he scored the fucking touchdown what was it, in overtime I believe to win the game or to Whatever that game was where he busted that long one. I mean, long touchdown run. Yeah, bro. He's fucking explosive. I just when I was watching the games, I feel like they didn't use him enough. Yeah, well, yeah, hey, I agree. Quick shout out quick shout out to Dexter Lawrence though. Hey, he, yeah, he making that he was making the Vikings online. Hell. He is a he's a he's a beast. Uh let's move on here to the Ravens and the Bengals. Blake, get us started. Obviously the We've talked about it. Bengals are my pick. But this game was a lot closer than most people thought. Obviously, you didn't. And it is a divisional game. So these games normally are a lot close, a lot closer than you would expect. And your defense has been completely different since the Roquan Smith trade. It's It's been completely transformed and is playing at a top level. Him and Patrick Queen are a dynamic duo in that middle. Unfortunately, Lamar wasn't able to play, and that was something that everybody wanted to see. We even discussed it last week, how this game would be completely different depending on if Lamar played or not, and he ultimately wasn't. But Tyler Huntley <clears throat> came out, and he balled. He, he he played extremely well, and he made this a game. And Obviously, the famous three-yard quarterback sneak <laughs> that led to a fumble return by... 
Who what? Uh, who was it? Uh, Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard. Or yeah, Sam Hubbard. That's what. That's what I thought it was at first when I was watching the play. So, yeah, tell us a little. How'd you How'd you feel about this game? I know you're happy with the performance of Tyler Huntley, and I and I, I know you wish Lamar played. But how did you feel overall? Man, if Lamar had his money, he would have been out there with the boys. <laughs> he would have been out there, bro. He would have been out there. Don't just, lie. Just like even like RG three <laughs> came out and tweeted. RG three is a bum, though. Everyone was asking him to suit up, put a brace on it. Look at what happened to RG three when he did that same exact thing. His career just plummeted. Um, but as far as this game goes, it's it's the same old story right now. Same old story when you don't have Lamar Jackson and you have Greg Roman with his play calling. And <laughs> it's like, I mean, I got to give him credit. I was happy for like the first two, two and a half quarters. But you, you took the ball away from J.K. Dobbins. You took the ball away from Gus Edwards. And you're trying to force feed Mark Andrews, yeah. knowing that Mark Andrews is a one and only target. They're going to double team him, triple team him every single time it's just it's so predictable um i mean even the players came out afterwards saying how jk dobbins came out and said tyler huntley should have never had that been in that situation it's like you're calling a quarterback sneak on second down from the three yard line and you're asking him yeah. to jump over the line it's like he's not LT, he's not he's not with damian tomlinson it's like <laughs> oh it was frustrating to watch i mean I love what I saw from the defense. Like you said, Roquan Smith has just completely transformed it. I love that we re-signed him for five years, so he's going to be our centerpiece for a long time. But I, it's a 100% different game with Lamar Jackson. I guarantee you, healthy Lamar Jackson, we would have won by two possessions. In that game, Lamar Jackson on one leg, you know, the one boy. Lamar Jackson being able to stand in the pocket and throw, we would have won that game. It's a lot of you guys, especially you, Steve, in particular, Mr. Bengal, <laughs> Mr. Bengal over here. Uh, I thought he was going to have his goddamn Ocho jersey on today. <laughs> I know that doubted that Ravens could stop Joe Burrow and all his weapons and things like that. And if Joe Burrow, it's that that offense is very it's not easy to stop but it's stoppable as long as you can tackle as long as you don't let them get yards after the catch yards after contact that's what their Jamar Chase is good at and it's like as long as you could tackle him you saw right there he had 12 targets nine receptions but you only had 80 yards i'll take that any day yeah um but it's going to be a different year. Just wait. Next year, Lamar Jackson coming back. I don't want to hear it from any of the Stephen A. Smiths and all the dumbass he stay media. healthy, though. That's the question. Can he I stay healthy? He has dealt with a lot of injuries the last two seasons. Yeah, it's two years in a row. I will admit that. But you look at the three years before that, he was healthy every single game. So I, I don't want to put that injury prone on him quite yet. But if it does happen again next year, then yeah, you're officially you got to put that tag it, on them. It also doesn't help like for a lot of our teams who are in like kind of weird quarterback situations. Obviously, Blake 
you guys are most likely going to sign Lamar. I don't see how he doesn't end up on the Ravens. But, you know, all of our teams are in somewhat like weird quarterback positions. But the market, the QB market right now just isn't strong anyway. So even if you wanted to attempt to move away from your quarterback, there just isn't a lot of options. So it just doesn't make sense in in the long run anyway. And Lamar, at the end of the day, like he gets a lot of shit, but I do think people believe he is an extremely, extremely good quarterback. And he's one of those top seven, top 10 QBs for some maybe. But I, I, I will say like, you guys played a lot better than I expected you guys to, but a lot of teams don't have the Ravens defense. And that's the one knock that I will give them is, your guys' defense, especially against those AFC North teams, is just on another level at times. So that was a matchup that was... One thing is the Ravens gave a blueprint for the Buffalo Bills on what to do. Just play two two deep safeties. Don't let the Jamar Chase with T. Higgins beat you deep. And and it doesn't help that Jonah Williams, the left tackle, is going to be missing the game now. Mm Mm-hmm. That's huge, so that, that that's a huge, that is huge, huge injury because yeah. he's one of those better left tackles in the league right they now. Thought, they had that they had them O line issues last year. They thought they fixed it. And now were they down four out of five starters that they yeah. started the season with? Dude, that's, yeah, they started off oof. bad. They picked it up a little again, but that's that's a that's a big injury. So, um, Alec, what what do you make of the Bengals? Like I, I've mentioned, I, I'm a I'm a Bengals supporter of in this playoffs. They're Bengals my Super Bowl pick. Supporter. Excuse me, but <laughs> <laughs> did you keep riding? Well, the yeah, game? they're my Super Bowl pick. Band bandwagon. Uh, what, what do you see from the Bengals that impresses you? He's on the Joe Shiesty dick. <laughs> Second best quarterback yeah, in the I really league. Like a, I really like the uh, the Bengals uh, <clears throat> offense. The way they. The way they spread the football, they've really been able to. Uh, Burrow really has been able to establish a relationship with the other receivers in that locker room, not just Jamar Chase, which is really awesome for them. T. Higgins, uh, like I mentioned, uh, they got Tyler Boyd. Of course, they have Joe Mixon, and and then they even have P. Ryan behind Mixon, who's been who's who's been pretty solid. I really think, like I mentioned earlier, when talking about the Bills, I think that the Bengals really do have an opportunity to go into. Uh, go into Buffalo and take that game if they're able to get a couple turnovers from Josh Allen. Uh, I'm a big Joe Burrow guy as well. Um, I really think that the Bengals are a team to be reckoned with. They started, uh, didn't they start the season 0 and 3? Yeah. 0 3, I believe. They went on a run, something like that. They, they, they finished the season run, on so. an eight game win streak. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, all I'm saying. I'm definitely not sleeping on the Bengals. I'm definitely. Uh, Definitely woke on them. If they can uh, move the football on, on Buffalo and, like I said, get a couple turnovers, uh, they they could definitely be leaving there with a victory. Yeah, yeah. the Bengals, the Bengals are that team that's kind of scary, and we talked about it a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it a little deeper when we get to that matchup. But the Ravens, Blake, we we've talked about it a little bit, but Tony, Pete, give me your your thoughts real quickly on this. How would you like to see someone like, I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins on the Ravens? Obviously, I've been a big, I've had a big voice when it comes to the Ravens lacking weapons on offense. 
And I think it's shown a little bit, especially with Lamar Jackson out, it shows even more that Mark Andrews himself shouldn't have to carry that entire passing game. What, what, what would what would you guys see in the Ravens making a move for somebody like DeAndre Hopkins? Them motherfuckers better not go get anybody until they fucking lock Lamar down. <laughs> but as, as long as they can get that shit done first, yeah, I do like them to go get fucking really anybody. I heard y'all talking about the free agent wide receiver class. Um, I know it's, it's not good, but bro, I mean, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I understand it's bad. it's bad, but you still, bro. I mean, you can go get somebody like Juju or Alan Lazard if you don't get if you don't Juju get one of those big names. If Ravens. you don't get any of these uh, big name receivers on the <laughs> trade market, but I, I would like to see uh, I would like to see D Hop over there. I think that'd be that'd be good for them. I mean, obviously, it'd be good for Lamar. Take some pressure off of Mark Andrews. I mean, we know they got the run game. We know they got the quarterback. So we know they got the defense as well. They, I mean, they're really only lacking a fucking a true wide receiver. So, but lock Lamar down before you get a receiver. That's all I got to say. Blake, what do you guys over there think about Rashad Bateman? I like Rashad Bateman. Do I think he's a number one? No. I definitely think he's a, he's just a deep threat. He's a solid number two. I think he could be a great deep threat, can take a, any – any screen, quick slant to the house. Um, but I, at this moment, at least he has not shown that he could be a number one at this moment in time. Um, I mean, kind of go back on what just Steve said. I mean, I always fought against us not having the weapons. It did show a little bit. I will admit that. But I think number one is Greg Roman is the issue when it comes I, down. I could agree to that. I, I, I I've don't watched think, enough to know. I don't think <laughs> any target can really flourish unless you're a tight end in the Greg Roman system. You're, you see, yeah. they're a tight end or a running back. Those are the only skill positions that can actually flourish in a Greg Roman system. But w- um, would you be opposed to drafting a receiver in the first round? Not in the first or round. Do you, or do you want to go get an established receiver that's already, that you're afraid for? At this point in time, I think we need a veteran. I don't think we need to get a – I mean, we've already tried tried with Marquise Brown. We we got Rashard Bateman. We did Devin Duvernay in the third round a couple seasons ago. It's time to just bring in a solid veteran, someone that yeah. can just be more stable, that, yeah. more reliable. That. There's no reason to – I mean, don't get me wrong. I know we're going to end up drafting a receiver in the – not even the second. We don't have a second anymore, but probably third or fourth right. round. Um, but – I think it's time to get it's time to get a number one. It's time to get a truly established number one, and I think that is D Hop. I called it a couple of weeks ago on the yeah. on the podcast before they even rumored that D Hop was going to be traded. But I think D Hop would be perfect fit, especially with us being top ten in the cap space right now. It's like why not? Why not right now? Yeah, no, the Ravens are a team that are obviously competitive each and every year, and adding somebody like D-Hop would be extremely, extremely important for someone like Lamar and help your guys' offense succeed a little bit more. Hopefully you guys do move on from Greg Roman because that would kind of suck to have another His contract is over. His contract ended this season. It's just a matter of (laughs) 
do we bring them back? I yeah. and I have a feeling. Don't get me wrong. I have a feeling we're bringing them back. So, oh well, yeah. So we'll see. <clears throat> and then I also saw. I don't know how true it is, but I saw what is his name, Marcus Spears, on Get Up today. Um, he stated that the contract has changed negotiations for Lamar. It's instead of a five-year, two hundred and fifty, Lamar's looking for a six-year, two hundred and fifty. But not fully guaranteed. It would be two hundred guaranteed and a hundred and fifty right at signing. So the moment he signs, he will get a hundred and fifty mil. Sheesh. Damn. <laughs> well, that that'll be that'll be fun to keep a close eye on and watch because I think that's something that everybody wants. Is Lamar Lamar deserves to be paid. He's been an MVP of the year, so that that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Moving on to our final playoff game of the week, Monday night, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dak versus Brady. The last time these two teams faced each other, you remember Dak saying they were going to meet them again. And Dallas is obviously the better team here, but I think a lot of people had... Tom Brady, you know, beating Father Time and coming out and upsetting the Cowboys here. But no, the Cowboys did what everybody wanted them to do. Come out, not turn the ball over. Dak looked great. Dak played extremely well. He threw two really nice touchdown passes to Dalton Schultz. The The way they attacked the Buccaneers was extremely, extremely good. And a lot of people were impressed. A lot of people were impressed, and the Buccaneers, I mean, obviously this wasn't a closed game, and it looks a little bit closer because of that score at the very end, but Pete, how do you feel about your Cowboys getting that playoff win? I know that's big for you. I know yeah. it's kind of scary because you're going to have to face the 49ers, but kind of enjoy it for this part and tell us how, how it felt coming out and beating Brady. I know that was <clears throat> the Cowboys' first win against Brady, right? Yeah, first win all-time against Brady and first playoff win in, on the road in fucking 28 years, I believe, something like that. I'm not even fucking 28 years old, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, bro, I mean, I was excited, obviously. I mean, going in there, you know, you got to be nervous. You see Tom Brady super hyped up before the game. It's fucking Tom Brady. I mean, depending who you are, I mean, most people are best to ever play the fucking game, so. I mean, going in there, you're nervous. You're nervous to go against Brady in the playoffs. We know what he fucking we know what he's what he's done his whole fucking career in the playoffs. Um, I mean, like you said, I mean, I got to be excited now. I got to ride the wave for now. I mean, because what we have coming up. But to go in there for Dak to silence a lot of the critics to play the way he played, be the best quarterback in the playoffs this week. Um, minus two teams that played a, that were on a bye, but out of all the quarterbacks that played this week. He was the best one on the field. He, um, we gotta keep getting him mobile, bro. I mean, in his career, when he's ran seven times or more, he's only done it nine times. We've won all nine of them games. Um, I don't know why they don't do that shit more often, bro. I mean, maybe he's just now getting a little bit more confident. He knows he has to run. He's in the playoffs. I mean, it's winter go home. It seems like this year he's been pretty scared still about his ankle. Uh, if anybody thought his thumb was an issue still, and that's why the interceptions have been happening. Um, obviously, his thumb's okay after this week. I know some people were talking about 
his interceptions, his turnovers, you know, whatever it was. I mean, we've talked about it about Kirk and Herbert this week, scared to make them throws or scared to make have a turnover. That's one thing that I can say I do love about Dak. That motherfucker, he could have like a Trevor Lawrence <laughs> that game. He'd go out there and throw four interceptions, but he doesn't give a shit. I mean, he's going to keep throwing the rock. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. He's going to get out of that little hole that he's in or whatever it might be. So, um, it's exciting, bro. Only thing I'm nervous about, I mean, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And to me, truly, I think the Niners are the best team in the league right now. I mean, obviously, they're riding a fucking 11-game win streak. So, yeah. uh, and a play, and fresh off a of playoff win. Seven days of rest compared to our five days of rest, and we got to travel to San Fran. I mean, everything's against us again this week. Um, not a, we'll see what happens, but when it comes to our defense last night, I mean, we put we had a really good defense, bro. I mean, I know I said it in uh in our chat, the the box score watchers, you know, they're gonna they're gonna look at it. Oh, Brady threw for three hundred fifty one yards, you know, seventy three percent um completion or something like that, but. 255 of his yards were after our 24 to zero. I mean, um, after our 24 to zero lead. So we started playing conservative. Um, we didn't want to get, I guess we didn't want to get anybody hurt. We really stopped blitzing, stopped sending as many people. So um, we just get, we got to get to Brock Purdy this week, bro. I don't even know. I don't even really want to think about this week. I mean, <laughs> I'm, this is who I didn't want to play, bro. I did not want to see the Niners in the divisional round. NFC Championship, yeah, okay, I'll see them there. I did not want to see them in the divisional round. They sent us home last year. I mean, they're going to do this fucking same shit this year, bro. It's a tough and match. They're and they're better than last year, dude. I mean, Tony. I mean, I mean, this isn't the preview of it, but, I mean, we go out there and we play like we did this past weekend, like we did Monday. We can beat anybody. But we've we've yet to see that from the Cowboys all fucking year, bro. They they do not they have not had back to back great games. Hopefully the playoffs are different. I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, Tony, that that's kind of what I was going to ask you is Blake ain't even paying attention because he was so sure we were first round next. So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> only team only team from here still left, bro. Come on, Cowboys, bro. Come on now, come on now. The only team left in the playoffs out of all of our teams. Hey, Cowboys so. got lucky. They they had their one good game and now they're gonna come back and shit the bed. So, what? Well, okay, so tell crazy, me, that, bro. That's what Number I was two ask. scoring defense in the league this year with with a backup quarterback spot for five weeks. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. They're gonna we, shit we the bed. Get lucky. Like, we next get lucky. game they're gonna shit the bed. So it's all good. And I, I don't I don't think if you, me personally looking at the game this week we lose to the Niners. I don't think we choke. I don't think it's shitting the bed. I just think they're that good. If they, if they stop us, they stop us. I, I don't think, I don't think it's a choke. I don't think it's a choke. I mean, we made it past the first round. We broke three or four fucking curses that there is against us against Brady, Navy jerseys, playing on grass, road playoff game, all that. If we lose, we lose. I mean, it is what it is. Made it farther than the Ravens, so. Still have a yeah, don't, most don't, don't listen to Blake. Don't That's listen okay. to Blake. Don't hey, listen fuck to Blake. Cowboys. Tell Cowboys. Me. You guys, you guys played the Cowboys this season, obviously, and it didn't go well for you guys. But what do what do you see from this Cowboys offense that impresses you? That you know, kind of shows like, okay, they put out a good outing. If they can consistently put this kind of outing out, they could actually, you know, be dangerous here. Well, um, uh, I took the Cowboys to win this game here. Um, and they proved me right. You guys were um, uh, 
all on Brady. And, um, you know, I think the one thing about the Cowboys offense that I like is that they can run the ball effectively. They have two runners that um, uh, can, um, you know, hurt you in different kinds of ways. Zeke didn't look that great this game. Um, It was more Tony Pollard than anything here. Uh, But I feel like they just have such a balanced offense. They have decent weapons uh, in the receiving game. Uh, They have two running backs that can hurt you different ways. They have Dak Prescott, who is, you know, can kind of do a couple of different things very well. He's a strong quarterback. Um, You know, he can get in on quarterback sneaks. He's mobile. He can beat you to the corner. He can beat you to the edge. Um, And he can throw the ball very effectively. We saw four touchdowns from this game, a very clean, efficient game. Um, Tom Brady completed more passes than Dak Prescott attempted. And the running game was what more or less set the tone for both of these teams. The Buccaneers could not run the ball to save their lives. They only had 12 rushing attempts. Tom Brady threw the ball 66 times. Uh, That's ridiculous. That's insane, dude. The Cowboys' defense was forcing Brady to beat him, and he just couldn't get the job done. Uh, yeah, he accumulated stats, but, you know, to Pete's credit, that was mostly garbage time stats. Uh, I just I just like the balance here. I like how they don't necessarily always rely on one thing more than another. Um, I feel like Dak Prescott is the key to this team um, because, you know, he's – more or less the leader of this team and uh, he's the franchise quarterback. And when, when he's on and when he's precise and when he's playing with confidence, the team looks nigh unstoppable. And when, you know, he has rougher stretches of play and uh, you know, things aren't working for him. It feels like the rest of the team can't get momentum going as well. Defensively, offensively Uh, they're going to have to, you know, establish some momentum against this 49ers team they're going to go play. Uh, but I don't have any doubts or reservations about them being able to do that because they can just, they can hurt you in so many different ways. They're going to keep a lot of teams guessing here. And their defense should feel good because they've been pretty bad against the run all year. Um, what they're able to do holding uh, the Bucks to only 50 yards rushing. It was extremely impressive to see them come out and really dominate in a phase of the game that they had been kind of inconsistent with uh, for a majority of the season. Yeah, it was pretty impressive that they were able to hold the Bucks rushing to only 50-some yards. Obviously, their, their running game just isn't very impressive. Alec, let me ask you this. Because Leonard Fournette only had five carries. Rashad White had seven carries. They only ran the ball a total of 12 times. And, but Brady ended up throwing the ball 66 times. And it kind of looked like Father Time was actually kind of catching up to, to old Tom here. What did you make of Brady's performance here? And do you think we've we've kind of seen the end of, of Brady? Because 66 times to throw the ball is a lot. Is a lot. And it's not like he was doing, a, you know, going above and beyond with these throws. I mean, he only completed 35 out of the 66. Yeah, I I, uh, I do think that uh, we are getting close to the end of Tom Brady. Uh, personally, I still believe he shouldn't have came back out of retirement. I feel like we really saw him kind of 
kind of start to lose a little bit of gas there uh, last season towards the end. Uh, definitely this season he has slowed down quite a bit. Uh, didn't seem like he had quite the same connection with his receivers for whatever reason. I'm not sure why that was because uh, him and Mike Evans definitely it's just seemed like they didn't have that. Uh, definitely against the Cowboys, I mean, yeah, it showed. It showed for sure. Um, that Cowboys defense made it really tough on Tom. Uh, he got sacked. He was frustrated the entire game. And that's how you get under his skin. You, you frustrate him. And, and yeah, I think I, – I hope he retires because he has nothing else to prove uh, at this point. He is the best quarterback ever to suit up. Um, everyone knows that. It's hard to argue with that. So, we'll see. We'll see. It should be interesting here going into the off season. Yeah, that's a, that's a storyline that everyone's going to keep a close eye on because we're not sure what Tom is going to do. And, I mean – as you can see, I'm a Raider fan here. There's all the talk about Tom coming to Las Vegas. Yep. I'm not sure. But what we do know is that Dallas dam dominated in this game. And they're going to have a, a pretty interesting matchup here against the 49ers. Um, that wraps up the Super Wild Card game recaps here. It was, it was a crazy weekend. We're going to take a quick break here. And then we're going to come back and do our little previews for the divisional rounds before we finish the podcast so we'll see you guys in a, in a few if in fact this is it for tom brady all i can say on behalf of all football fans is thank you and appreciate the memories what a career welcome back everybody we got done recapping super wild card weekend so we're going to jump into our previews here for the divisional round let's get started with the jaguars and the chiefs game Obviously, Jacksonville, Jacksonville is coming off that crazy comeback against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and they're facing the number one seed in the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes is most likely the MVP here. I don't think there's too much question. He broke the passing record, and the Chiefs just look like a team that they're not – they don't look like they're going to lose anytime soon. I mean – did you see that stupid merry-go-round play that they did against my Raiders? That shit was <laughs> what's worse? What What's worse that nobody really mentioned is like they did it and they scored, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> then the there best was a part penalty. There was a penalty, so they didn't get it. So what do they do the next play? They do another jet sweep pass and they score on the very following play. Like it just, it didn't matter. It, it, it just didn't I don't think matter. that says something for the chiefs. I think that says something for the Raiders. <laughs> it did. But mm. that being said, the chiefs obviously are looking extremely good. The majority of us here have the chiefs winning. I think Alex, the only one who hasn't predicted his, but we'll get to him in a second. We're just going to go across the board here. Me, Tony, Alec, Blake, and P, and we'll just give our, our predictions. I think I think it'll be a close game for the majority of the game. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to struggle a little bit at times, but I think he will find success. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's the clear-cut number one quarterback in the league right now. I don't really think that's a question. Uh, give me the Chiefs here. I'll say 34 to... 34-21, Chiefs. Tony? Um, uh, 
I have a very similar game to you here. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to Thanos snap away half of Trevor Lawrence's hair, and they're going to win 28-14. 28-14. Alec? Yeah, I think that the Chiefs are going to show that they're just a lot stronger than the Jaguars. I got the Chiefs winning 38-17. Oh, I have it a little bit different. <laughs> oh, here we oh go. Oh, my God. Jeez, bro. I got to stick with my bracket, and I had the Ravens winning this game, technically, if Lamar Jackson was there. So I'm sticking with it, and I got the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this game. I can't have it. I have this game as a 34-31 to 31 game. Jacksonville. Wow. Sticking with it. But if you know what, at, at least you're consistent. Hey, I'll give you that. Sunshine from Remember the Titans <laughs> is about to come out and show <laughs> that he's the top five quarterback. I right, so I I that how about this, Alec? Let's say Trevor Lawrence comes out and he does outperform Mahomes. Let's say he comes out, he throws for three hundred and eighty yards and four touchdowns. And he beats and wins. Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. Do you would you consider <laughs> Trevor Lawrence top five? No, <laughs> he's not gonna. There's a zero percent chance that'll happen anyway. <laughs> but if he does, I'll give you proud words to hey, credit words to. But basically, said <laughs> last podcast it was a zero percent chance that the Giants beat the Vikings. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hale ate his words right there. <laughs> hey, give, give give me the Chiefs. Uh, give me the Chiefs thirty five twenty eight. I think it's gonna be a little bit close. Uh, the Chiefs defense has been playing better. Chris Jones has been so fucking dominant, but yeah. um, they don't have a good defense on the Chiefs side of the, uh, on the Chiefs side. So uh, I think the Jags will be able to score on them. I just think you got Patrick Mahomes, bro. I don't. You're not gonna be able to beat him. So yeah, I, I go thirty five twenty eight Chiefs. So that that gives us four four Chiefs and one Jaguars. So Blake, you're by yourself here. Oh, Moving no, on he to... had the he had the Ravens and Bucks winning. So I had the Bucks winning only because I was like, I just can't believe Tom Brady's just gonna have a season like this. That's the only reason. Yeah, it it, it they wasted a fucking year of his life. Dude, <laughs> dude lost everything. <laughs> and uh, he needs to stop kissing uh, his dad on the lips. I don't give a fuck who you yeah. are. That shit fucking weird. <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's your weird. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to uh, another divisional game that we've seen twice this season. Uh, the number one seed came out with the win in both of these games. The Giants are going into Philadelphia to face this dangerous Eagles team that never, never faltered. As much as people expected them to fall at some point, they did have that close game against the Colts and then their one loss against the Commanders. But they maintained that top spot the entire the entire <laughs> way through, even when um, Jalen Hurts was injured. Gardner Minshew stepped in and did did a pretty a pretty good job. But with that first round bye, Jalen Hurts is able to get healthy and get ready for this matchup. I don't know. I think most of us have the Eagles as well in this matchup. Alec, I think you're the only one who once again hasn't hasn't given his, but. I don't know. The way Daniel Jones played, like, obviously it was the Vikings defense. It's not the Eagles defense. But, it, you know, it kind of gives you a little hope. But 
I, I still don't think the Giants have what it takes here. I don't think they have enough weapons offensively. Kenny Galladay obviously had that touchdown catch against Darius Slay, so he has he can say that. But it's going to be a very heavy Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones-led attack. I think the, the Giants' defense is going to need to step up with the pass rush, make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable, make it hard for him to step up in the pocket and throw the ball to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But ultimately, I think the Eagles are one of those better-rounded teams. I think they squeak through on a close game. I, I think this is an extremely close game. I think Daniel Jones, once again, makes a case for why he needs that extension from the Giants. Give me the Eagles 27-24. Tony? Okay. I, I like that. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a – of a convincing win on the part of the Eagles. I think they get the touchdown lead on them. Uh, you know, the offense has looked, you know, very methodical with Jalen Hurts um, at the helm. And, uh, you know, we saw him come back in that final game of the season. Um, and he looked good coming off the injury. The rest must have helped. He has extra rest going into this game. The Giants coming off of... Uh, a, a, a relatively close win here against the Vikings, uh, a big emotional victory for them. I think they're going to have to come into Philadelphia, which is a hostile place to play on the road, speaking from experience. And uh, I, I just, I, I don't see them getting it done. I probably take the Eagles 31, 24 Jalen hurts with a routine game, you know, multiple touchdowns, maybe a rushing touchdown two eighty through the air, just, Routine, clean game for the Eagles uh, against a you know overachieving Giants team right now. Alec, yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. Uh, I think their defense is probably going to be too strong for them in the end. Uh, they're going to get a stop when it counts. That's my prediction down the stretch. I do think it's going to be a close one as well, being a divisional matchup. Uh, these teams are familiar with each other. Uh, give me the Eagles again, twenty-four to twenty. So uh, I'm, I mean, I'm right there with you guys. I don't. I agree with Tony a little bit. I do think this is going to be more of a convincing win for the Eagles. You look at the last two times they played; it was not really a close game in the regular season. They had Jalen Hurts for both of them. Uh, I have this game. I'll say twenty-eight to ten. Eagles winning. <laughs> twenty-eight to ten. Goddamn. Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they won forty eight to twenty two in the regular season, twenty seven to sixteen. So, I, I don't, I don't see this really as a close. But to game. their defense, that twenty seven to sixteen was all the Giants' second stringers. So, I mean, and also the thing is, they like Tony said, they came through an emotional fight with the Vikings. I just don't think they're going to have be able to do that two weeks in a row. I just don't. Yeah, see Pete, it. How, Pete, how do you feel about your two divisional rivals? I think it's going to be a close game, bro. Um, I want to take the Giants just because I want the Eagles to go home. I mean, I don't give a shit if we go home. I just want the Eagles to go home. <laughs> so, um, But I am going to take Philly. Um, as much as I want to believe in the Giants, I can't. Um, just do it. I'm going to keep it pretty – I'm going to keep it close. I'm going to keep it 24-21, just mainly because it is divisional. Um, it's going to be like – they play each other so well. The Giants are – I don't know. I just I want to believe in the Giants. I want to say Daniel Jones is going to have another really? big game. He has to have a big game because 
Eagles are good at shutting down the run, bro. I mean, I know Saquon Barkley is a lot better than recent running backs, but uh, come on, peer pressure, uh, Pete. Just go, go with nah, the Giants. I'm, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> Philly. <laughs> yeah, I, so I mean that's a sweep. We all have the Eagles winning. I think <clears> most <throat> people have the Eagles winning. It'd be a great story if the Giants did win, but I just don't see it happening. The Eagles have just played so well this entire season. Moving on to Sunday's games, though. The first game is an AFC matchup. The Bengals are facing the Bills. With This is at a neutral site, right? It'll be in Atlanta? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I believe. So this is this is the rematch oh, here. No. No, no, it's in it's, it's, in, oh, it's in Buffalo. Park. It's at, yeah, it's at Highmark. Yeah, the stadium. only the okay, only okay. one that would be I forgot. Yeah, is a Buffalo plays Chiefs next round. That will be in Atlanta. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So Cincinnati's going into Buffalo to play the Bills. Obviously, it's a rematch from the Monday night game that was postponed and ultimately canceled because of the Demar Hamlin injury. And you know, prayers to him. He's actually recovering pretty well. He's talking to the team and. He's supporting he's supporting the Bills from home. So, you know, we're happy for him and his recovery. But the Bengals and the Bills, this is a matchup that a lot of people have been anticipating. A lot of people wanted to see this game on Monday night. Obviously, I've been riding with the Bengals for a lot of the season, for the majority of the season here. And the Bills are, like Alec mentioned earlier, where a lot of people's, you know, early season Super Bowl pick. They and Rightfully so. Josh Allen has been playing extremely well. The last few weeks, he's been kind of dying down a little bit. But this is a game that could go in a lot of different directions. I Ultimately, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do think Jonah Williams being injured, the left tackle for the Bengals, is huge. And it's going to affect them. But Josh Allen continues to turn the ball over, very similar to how I was expressing my feelings about Dak the last few weeks. And Dak obviously was able to turn it around and not turn the ball over against Tampa Bay. And I think that's what would require, that's what we would need from Josh Allen in order for them to come out on top against the (laughs) Bengals. But I have this being another shootout. I have this being a closed game. I have this being a high scoring game. Give me the Bengals 38 to 35 over Buffalo, and they'll be headed to the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Tony? Thank you, Shiesty Fan 420. Um, (laughs) I I see this game going a different way here. Um, And a, a lot of how I feel about this actually harkens back to these wild card games. Um, and what I saw from both quarterbacks is they both underperformed in different ways. Joe Burrow, um, was only able to put up 209 yards, um, through the air. Uh, you know, he had good efficiencies, but he just wasn't able to move the ball downfield. Like he liked to only one touchdown. It was more of a pedestrian game from him. What I saw from Josh Allen, um, was more akin to what I saw other winning quarterbacks do in these playoffs, which was make mistakes, but keep throwing the ball, keep being aggressive, and put more points on the board. Um, Josh Allen had three touchdowns, granted with two interceptions, 
I value those touchdowns with those interceptions as opposed to just a touchdown with no interceptions. Um, and the Ravens showed us uh, a way to beat potentially the Bengals. The Bengals won that game essentially on that uh, that three-yard quarterback sneak there that they went from being down seven, which they would have been if that play was successful, to being up seven. That 14-point swing was ultimately the deciding play of that game. What I saw from the Bengals is that even a highly motivated, overachieving team that gets the jump on them and gets big plays against them just couldn't quite shut the door on Josh Allen. And we've seen that now for a second time with this Dolphins team, again, where they make big plays. Josh Allen is turnover, you know, throwing the ball, making some questionable decisions, and yet they couldn't quite slam the door on this Bills team. And that's how I think this game is going to go. I think the Bengals are going to get the jump on the Bills. I think they're going to be playing, you know, really inspired football, but their offense isn't going to be able to fully capitalize on it. And I think they're not going to be able to shut the door on Josh Allen and the Bills. And they're going to be able to, you know, take this game in a close one here. I want to take them 31-28 over the Bengals here. Alec? Yeah, I. Uh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one for me. Uh, both teams are very much so capable to, of winning this football game. Uh, the DeMar Hamlin uh, energy is definitely going to be in the building for this one just because of what happened uh, a few weeks back. Um, I got to say, my my heart really wants to say Bengals, but my gut's going to say Bills. I'm going to have to take the Bills in this one, uh, being there at home 38-31. to 31. Damn, high scoring. Yeah. yeah. So – I mean, I, like we did a couple, or was it last week or a couple weeks ago when we did our playoff predictions, I have yeah. Buffalo ended up winning the Super Bowl this year. So, of course, I'm still going to ride with Buffalo. I think this is going to be, it's going to be an emotional game. I mean, last time they lined up against each other, DeMar Hamlin had his situation go down and Luckily, he's healthy or he's getting healthier. Um, everything's looking good. I'm hoping that he's on the field. They show him before the game or something. That would be that would be awesome, for, especially for the Buffalo Bills. Um, but I have Buffalo winning this game. I don't have it as high scoring. I think this is going to be very ugly and defensive. I think this is going to be a comeback game or a reestablishment of his top tier for Tredavious White at corner. Um, I have this game as a 24 to 21 Buffalo Bills win. Pete? Uh, I'm going to take the Bills. I just, I, I'm not, I can't take the Bengals. Not with their, their injuries and, and the Bills are just an overall better team. I think uh, we can all probably agree to that. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills, the score being Give me 31 to 24. It's going to be about a one-score game, but I just think the Bengals are going to have enough to catch up to him. Josh Allen's going to go out there and do his thing. I mean, he's probably hearing – he's probably reading 
reading the tweets or seeing what people are saying about him and the Bills and how they just performed. So he's going to come out here and prove us wrong. Or prove gonna, I think it's going to be a big rushing game for Josh Allen, too. I think he's going to put it on his feet a lot as well, not force yeah, it. He, 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 he ran a little bit last game, but not as much as I feel like he usually runs. I mean, exactly. he only mm-hmm. had, what, probably one big run play, I think, that I've seen, maybe two. Um, he only had four attempts. Granted, the, the Dolphins' defense is better than the Bengals' defense, but Bills, gonna, Bills will take it. Just Steve on an Chiefs, island. Just to lose to the Chiefs next week. I'm on an island, but I'm going to All by himself. <laughs> of course. Joe Shiesty. Four Bills and one Bengals. Shiesty <laughs> fan, 420. <laughs> I hate it. Um, that takes us to our last game of the divisional round. Probably the most anticipated game. This is an 80s, 90s, old school rivalry type of matchup. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, are playing the scariest team in the NFL right now in the 49ers. Uh, There's not a lot to say other than Brock Purdy versus Dak Prescott. You know what you're getting from both teams at this point. There's a lot of weapons on the field on both sides of the ball. The 49ers defense obviously is scary. It's fast. They can cover a lot of ground. And they just have all kinds of different weapons on offense that you don't know how they're going to beat you. Is it going to be McCaffrey on the ground? Is it going to be Purdy throwing the ball? Is it going to be to Kittle? Is it going to be to Debo? You're not quite sure. Dallas, obviously, my biggest concern with them is can they score consistently and not turn the ball over? And they showed that last week against Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay is in San Francisco. And... I think a lot of people would love to see a Dallas win here to kind of see that upset. And Tony asked this question a few episodes ago of when is Brock Purdy going to have his bad game? And I'm going to be honest here. And although Michael Parsons is a beast, I don't think this is the game. I think Brock Purdy plays another good game. I think he throws for maybe 230. I think two touchdowns. I think it's a good game. I think it's a close game. It's a very, very defensive and run-heavy game. Give me the 49ers 24-21. to 21. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, when I did my initial uh, predictions, I had the Vikings coming back to beat the 49ers. And so much like my good friend Blake Elijah here, I'm going to stay consistent. Um, and uh, – I think that uh, this is going to come down to who has the ball last and who can make that final drive. And just from what I've seen from Dak Prescott this year and the offense, I think that that's going to be the Cowboys ultimately coming ahead of this game. Um, I could see Brock Purdy having another game, but I'm going to take this one here. Cowboys 24 49ers 23 squeaking by on a last possession drive um, and getting the one point victory. Well, I hope it's not a field goal. (laughs) (laughs) Better hope it's not an extra point. You better hope you guys don't tie it up or uh, down by one point waiting for an extra point to tie it up. Alec? You're muted. Yeah, you're muted. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> so yeah, hey, I I really like what Tony had to say there. Um, I I mentioned it earlier. I I'm not necessarily sold on Brock Purdy. I mean, I think like I said, he's he's played very well when he stepped in, uh, when he stepped in here. Um, but I'm also going to take the Cowboys in this one. I think that uh, this defense is going to really uh, give Purdy a tough time. Um, it's going to be a defensive game. I don't think it's going to be high scoring at all. Give me the Cowboys winning 20 to 17. I like it. That's two Cowboys coming right off the top. Blake. So I'm going to be consistent Here we go. again. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be consistent. I had 49ers at going against Buffalo in my Super Bowl pick. So, of course, I'm going to be going with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I just. <laughs> Like I mentioned earlier, I do think the Cowboys are going to have a little bit of a a fall off. They just haven't. I'm what scares me the most with Dallas Cowboys is consistency, and I just haven't me seen too. it. I haven't seen it week in week out being consistent, yeah. being able to do exactly what Dak Prescott did last week. Now, don't get me wrong. If Dak Prescott does play like he did last week. Yeah, he, they're going to probably win that game. But I just don't see that happening against the 49ers defense. Um, so I have this game as a 27-17 to 17 49ers win. Pete. Bro, I'm not going to lie Cowboys. to you, bro. I've said, I've said <laughs> some shit. And uh, if I was going to be the only one to pick the Cowboys, where I wasn't going to be that one. I was going to pick the Niners. But um, I got – <laughs> I got two other boys with me, bro. So, um, like Blake said, I'm just I'm so worried about consistency, man. I mean, we haven't seen it this year in back-to-back games like that. This has to be the game that Brock Purdy has a bad game, and we got we got the D line for it. We we can we can pressure him. We know what we've done. I mean, we've created the most turnovers in the league this year um, for back-to-back seasons. Um, I think the spotlight of the the playoff rivalry, if you will, them sending us home last year, them wanting to do it again this year, them having a better team. I think this is the one where Brock Purdy's nerves get to him. Um, I'll go Dallas twenty four to twenty one. All I'm saying is they better not put digs mm-hmm. on Debo because mm-hmm. Debo is gonna bully him. <laughs> I mean, I, I I you did last year, so I don't I don't. Pete, let, Pete, the, let me the ask Cowboys you this. Gotta, the Cowboys need to go look at what the Chiefs did. They need to go look at what the Commanders did because the Commanders came out hot against them. And they need to go look at what the fucking Raiders did. And I don't give a fuck if I don't see us. I don't give a fuck if I see a hundred new plays I haven't seen all season. They cannot stick to the same shit they've been doing. They did it to the Bucks. They they ran a different offense than they've ran all fucking season. And look what happened. They cannot have the Niners go look at film and be like, Oh, they're gonna they're gonna run up run up the fucking middle every fucking first down. You know they're gonna waste it down. They have to change it up. Uh, the defense can continue to do its thing. I mean, it's gonna be hard to stop them regardless. They need to focus on trying to stuff Christian McCaffrey here and there. Make him kind of abandon the run at times. Um, be ready for the Debo sweeps. Be ready for the screens. I mean, I think Kittle has a better game than any of the other skill players just because. I think they're going to focus on stopping everybody else. But I think this is the game that Brock Purdy gets uh, gets rattled. I think we get to him early. Even if we don't stack him, I think we pressure him and we we scare him. So uh, I'm just going to take him 
But let me ask you this, Pete. What would be a more heartbreaking loss? You got the 49ers just come out and dominate, and you guys lose, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what your second. I don't. I don't. I don't know what your second option is, but I'm gonna go with the second one. If we get blown or, out, it is what it is. You know, if we lose a close game, knowing that we were that close to beating, to me, the best team in the league and advancing to an NFC Championship, I think whatever you were gonna say, the second option. If, if it was a close game, that's worse. Yeah, it, it, it was gonna be a close game. Like just another like disappointing loss. Like one of those the clock management thing. Like. I mean, that's Something what happened last where, year. Again, where you're so close and like it, it's right there. And then once again, it's just one of those plays that like, what's going on? What are you doing? I just, I know you guys deal with that a lot. So I, I'm not, I'm curious sometimes to see like how fans take those kind of painful losses. Cause sometimes I'm like, I'd rather the team just get beat, like, and not give me hope, not give me, you know, wishful praying that my team's going to pull it out and then they do some stupid shit that's just going to piss me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if we lose a close game, that's going to be a that's going to be more tough. I mean, I'm predicting us to win, but I'm ex- I mean, I am fully expecting to lose, you know, just cuz like, you know, I'm used to it. So, they sent us home last year. It's a big possibility they send us home this year. Steve, you kind of toxic for asking them how he would want to lose after he just said they were going to win too. <laughs> Just putting that doubt in his head immediately. No, I mean, it, it, it not, is what it is. I wasn't bro. trying I, to, but. Like, I mean, I truly believe they're the best team in the league. Like, in our playoff predictions, I have them winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, I said it earlier in the podcast. I mean, you want to you want to be the best, bro. You got to beat the best. Regardless, if we win this game, we go against a divisional opponent, whether it's Philly or whether it's the Giants, I feel much better about that matchup than I do against the Niners. Yeah. No, and I, I mean, obviously, I want the- obviously, I want the Giants to win. I'd love to host an NFC championship at home. That's the best case scenario. Giants win, we win two NFC East teams in the NFC championship. That'd be badass. So, yeah, I, I will say, like, although I think the 49ers will win and I have them going to the Super Bowl, it would be nice to see that Cowboys and Eagles match up fully healthy and see, you know, how that game would actually come out with both teams at full potential. That being said, that pretty much wraps up the preview for the divisional round. It's gonna it's gonna be fun to see who our two who our four teams headed to the championship games are gonna be. Obviously we have a couple surprise picks here, but overall I think we've been impressed with how the playoffs have gone so far. And there's gonna be some key matchups to look forward. So um real quick, right before we sign off, I do wanna mention that starting in February. Um actually how about this? We have a basketball podcast coming up. Tony and Alec will be our hosts for that podcast. How about you guys explain a little bit what you guys are shooting for when it comes to that and when we can expect for that to come out? Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna be uh, starting a new uh, podcast here, primarily around the NBA season here. And it's real simple. Right after the Super Bowl and right before All-Star Weekend, expect to start seeing some content from us. Me, Alec, Blake is planning on joining us, and I believe you said you'd be um, in on a couple of the episodes here and there, Steve. Um, yep. You know, once the um, uh, NFL season is officially concluded after the Super Bowl, obviously we're going to have our Super Bowl episode break that down. But right after that, look out for the NBA podcast that same week here. 
um, as uh, the NBA season starts to ramp up, and we've got a lot of um, uh, a lot of new uh, stuff that we're uh, excited to try out. A different format here. We've kind of been really centric on the uh, you know the four teams we've been covering. We're going to do something completely different with the NBA experience, and I can't wait to show everybody. And I can't wait to have Alec, Blake, and Steve with us again. Sorry, Pete. I know uh, I know you're not the the biggest NBA guy. I'm going to miss talk about Luca. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> yeah. I can talk, talk, talk about the Mavs and talk about Luca, but that's about it. <laughs> I watch yeah, basketball. Be a lot I, don't, of I don't watch it like that. Yeah, I don't watch it like that. Hey, I would watch it more, but the Mavericks fucking did this stupid ass deal with Bali Sports, and they don't play locally. You have to have a Bali Sports account, even if you live in Dallas, to watch the Mavericks. So stupid ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So keep a obviously keep a lookout for that because that's obviously going to be extremely fun and getting right into the thick and thin of the NBA season. Alec and Tony are both uh, Timberwolves, Tim- Timberwolves fans, right? I'm a Lakers guy. Oh, well, you're a Lakers fan. I got the Kobe yeah. poster right here, man. He's I a know, big Timberwolves I know, I know. guy. It's Anthony Edwards coming. Anthony Edwards coming. Tell you. So that that's definitely going to be fun. And obviously with the football season dying down, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on that. We'll obviously still give out a little bit of content here um, with free agency and the off season and all the, all the changes that are going to be coming up. But yeah, please take it. Please keep a keep an eye out for the NBA podcast uh, hosted by Tony and Alec, and we'll have Blake and myself on there at times as well. So that'll that'll be fun. Uh, other than that, I think that pretty much wraps up the thirteenth episode here, and we'll see you guys next time.